Welcome to Stay Grounded with your host, me, Raj Jana. I'm the founder of Java Press Coffee Company, and my life changed after my mentor died with three months left until retirement. That experience inspired me to start a personal journey to discover how we can all live a purpose-driven and meaningful life starting today. I interview everyone from best-selling authors and business moguls to extreme athletes and monks to discuss happiness, success, and fulfillment to uncover powerful takeaways that empower you to stay grounded and make passionate living a reality. To access post-podcast discussions, insights, and further resources, visit rajjana.com forward slash stay grounded. So thanks for joining me today. Now, let's get to grinding. Welcome to the last and final episode of Stay Grounded for 2020. Wow, we're here. (laughs) We're at the end of the year. And if you haven't already, I hope you are taking some time this week to truly count the blessings, count the lessons, tie up the loose ends, to really feel into who you've become and who you've unbecome. And one of the most chaotic years of my life, for sure. And this episode is part two of my 2020 reflection. If you haven't already listened to part one, go back. It's the last episode before this one, The Power of Choosing Yourself. And in that episode, I talked a lot about the first half of my year and all of the things that led to the end of my eight-year relationship, which then signified a new path for me, a new a new way of life, really. And in this episode, I'm going to be going down the rabbit hole talking about the second half of my year. What happened after I ended that relationship? How did I sort of find my way, which was one of the biggest themes of the second half of the year? You know, for all of my life, I've always followed a blueprint. Either someone told me to do something or trying to make other people happy or living for things outside of me. And the second half of the year was really me returning to truth. What is the truth for me? What do I want? Who am I here to be? What am I here to create? And by asking those bigger questions, it forced me to find different mentors. It forced me to go down very unconventional paths of healing. It forced me to look at parts of myself that I was not ready to look at and feel heartbreak and shame and fear and release what was not mine. The second half of the year was a journey of letting go of cultural expectations, changing the roadmap and truly learning to carve my own unique path in life that was guided by an inner compass, a compass of truth that lives inside of my heart. And uh, Georgina, who, as you guys know, is a message muse, the individual who is so gifted at getting all of the wisdom and nuggets out of me, is here to, she interviews me on this part two of this episode as well. Ah, 2020 has been one of the most profound years of my life. And as the doors on this year close, I feel complete. And as you guys listen to this episode, I think you guys are going to see sort of what can happen when you truly learn to use truth as your North Star. Not what anyone else tells you to do. It's what is your heart telling you to do? And then you create relentlessly in that direction and stop listening to the naysayers. Stop listening to the people who want you to be safe. Stop listening to everyone who's just trying to keep you where you are. You know what's capable in your heart. And that is what 2020 will always signify for me. It will signify the beautiful choice I made to embark on a rite of passage to equip me with everything I need to step into the next chapter, whatever that means. So I hope guys, by listening to this episode, by really getting a behind the scenes look into my own personal healing journey, I hope it inspires you to extract all of the beauty that happened this year and in process and in the process, see who you've become as a result of everything you've lived through and 
the choices you get to make as you step into 2021. So I love you all. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for being a part of this journey with me. This has always been a community journey. This has always been us growing together. And I'm just so grateful for the privilege of getting to share my lessons, my journey with you all. I've been getting all sorts of messages from you from that last episode, um, just with your lessons and your takeaways. And it just, it makes my heart so full and so happy. So thank you for being a part of this journey. Um, But without further ado, it is my absolute pleasure to bring you guys along for the ride for the second half of 2020. Enjoy. Yo, yo, yo. Welcome, everyone, to this week's episode of Stay Grounded. I hope you all are having a brilliant day so far. Hi, Georgina. Hey, Gamerosh. Oh, man. Last episode of the year. And um, we've gotten a lot of messages from people after that first part that we released last week. Um, So if you are listening to this episode and you have no idea what I'm talking about, go back to part one, which was last week's episode where I actually open up about the first half of my year. Because in this episode, we're going to be breaking down the journey that I've been on over the last six months to really close out 2020. What does the process of healing actually look like? What did my journey entail? What were the different mindsets that I had to adopt? What were the things I had to let go? What were the tools that were most valuable? What was the philosophy that I chose to operate from and how everything synchronistically sort of fit together. So I think it's important to recognize and learn how to watch the journey and follow the journey on your own while also trusting and surrendering to forces outside of you. So lots to talk about (laughs) and I wouldn't want anyone else to be having these conversations with than you, Georgina, because I mentioned this before on the last episode, but you have sort of had a unique behind the scenes peek into the journey and just how much has unfolded and uh, just can't wait for everyone else to experience it as well. So for sure, it's been a ride, lots of things happening. So let's, let's start at the very beginning. Um, So where we left off last week, you know, I had just kind of broken up with my ex and kind of threw my life into a giant clusterfuck for lack of a better word. You know, that was the first time in my life that I'd chosen myself. And that was also me throwing out a blueprint that I had for my life. The blueprint of get a job, get married, become successful, find the girl, get married. You know, like the conventional path was not thrown out altogether because I was choosing myself. And when you're starting from a place like that, I think for me, there was a lot of fear around getting it wrong and getting it right. What does that even mean? What does right and wrong even mean? And so I want to kind of reframe the intention of where I was. In that moment, I had let go of the need to have a right plan and a wrong plan. I just needed to come back to integrity with myself because that's where I was. In June, because I had been following everyone else's plans, I stopped listening to what I actually wanted to create for my life. And I think we get caught in this game of morality versus integrity. Now, morality focuses on the idea of good and bad. Integrity just focuses on truth because there's only your truth. Right? Like what's true for you? Someone else's truth is different for them, but what's true for you is your truth. And it has nothing to do with good and bad. 
And so I want to frame this conversation by that was my operating philosophy. Last six months, it has been what is true and questioning everything that isn't rooted in truth. If I had a belief, a story, something I learned from my parents, some feeling that I had about myself, some idea that I had about myself, some way I thought something had to be done, were now all being viewed through the lens of truth. It wasn't good. It wasn't bad. And I think that's really important to mention because when you start to look at your life through the lens of truth, you begin to start seeing what is versus the fantasy that you've been fed your entire life. And most of us are living in our heads. We're not actually living in presence. We're not actually living in the moment, in truth, in what's actually unfolding. We're living in, our, in the future that hasn't happened yet. We're living in the past that's already happened. We're living in fear up here in our minds. So for me, that's where I started. It was, all right, how can I begin living in more truth? And that's when the journey began. So that, I think this is a great place to start. So this notion then that the convention's gone, it's almost this blank space. You, you've chosen yourself and you're deciding that truth is going to be your barometer. How do you decide what is true and what is not true? What is the process you approach, you choose to get this clarity and how do things unfold from that, from that point? So for me, I didn't have a roadmap of what I wanted to do. Like I just, I'd broken up and I was kind of lost actually. I sought out mentors who had the life that I wanted, whether it was mentors who had the relationship that I maybe would want to have in my life, mentors who seemed to have more spiritual grounding, like they just felt like they were more peaceful. They were more like, I started seeking truth. My whole life, people told me I couldn't have this. I couldn't have that. It's not supposed to be this way. I can't tell you how many people I, I was told like, oh, when you get married, you know, marriage sucks. Like there's like that, that mindset of like, when you get married, life stops being delightful and delicious and exhilarating. Like I didn't want to take things at face value anymore. So my definition of truth started with finding examples of people that were contradicting the life that I was fed as truth. So I, I sought mentors. And once I found those mentors, then I started breaking down like, okay, like, what journey do I have to complete in order for me to be in a position that can actually experience the things that I would want for my life? Like if I actually want more joy, okay, what does that journey look like? If I actually wanted peace, okay, what would that journey look like? If I wanted to have the most extraordinary love that wasn't rooted in, in, in fear and obligation, but actual dripping with desire, what would that look like? Who would I have to become in order for me to experience the life that I now know is true for some other people. They might not be true for the world, but there are people out there that have these lives that are, they're living with that truth. And, and so, you know, I, I met Andy, who is one of the first mentors I reached out to, who is just in a beautiful, conscious, loving relationship. And I just felt like he had, he was embodying the type of man that I wanted to be grounded, spiritual, loving, connected, vulnerable in his emotions. Like there was just a depth to his understanding of life that I just felt like I needed to learn from. And he, and he was a very unconventional teacher. And, and Andy was the one who really brought my attention to the idea of masculine archetypes. So masculine archetypes, every man, and there's a great book on this King, Warrior, Magician, Lover. And I think every single 
man and definitely man, but every woman too, if you want to understand men better, that is one of the best books to understand the psychology of men and how men develop. Like there's immature men, immature archetypes that then have to go through certain experience in life in order to become masculine, like mature masculine archetypes. Like there's rite of passages that have to happen in order for men to truly step into that fullness. And I was unaware of this because they don't teach this stuff in schools. They don't teach this stuff anywhere, really. And so Andy was the first person who really made me aware of like, okay, Raj, this is somewhere that you get to head to. It's not that you're trying to become like me. You're just trying to become the fullest version of your own masculine archetypes. It was like going from the journey of being a prince, which is the immature masculine archetype, to becoming a king, which is the best, the easiest way to explain it. And so that became my North Star. All I wanted to do was I wanted to become a king. Now, what had to happen in order for me to do that? Great. Now I had mentors and spiritual guides give me processes to do that, right? So it, it all came from, and there was no blueprint. It wasn't like a, like the healing journey. Cause like that then started my healing journey. Okay. What do I have to heal in myself? What do I have to become? What do I have to learn? What do I have to embody in order for me to end up in a space where I get to feel like my most authentic and powerful self, which was what I was shooting for. And that led me down a journey. Uh, <laughs> The first few months were tough, really difficult. I was going into spiritual retreats and being in healing spaces where I was forced to feel things that I just have never felt before. Guilt, shame, resentment. You know, I didn't realize how afraid I was of feeling like a failure, how afraid I was of disappointing my parents, how afraid I was. I just... and. Um, a lot of my process was going into those spaces with courage, going into those spaces with courage and love and and patience. And, and it was this dance. We talked about this on the last episode, but I am enough and I can be better. The first few months of my journey were like, I'm not this masculine archetype, so I need to be better. So it was me working really hard and trying to go to these spiritual retreats and heal and do all this crazy work on myself and just do it, do it, do it. Go as fast as I can. I want to get there as fast as I can. But that wasn't necessarily the medicine I needed because the other side was that the other side of that was Raj, can you sit in the truth that you are not that right now and that you are enough as you are, even if you're not this mature masculine archetype? Can you sit in that? Can you be in the uncomfortable feelings there? And so there was just, that was the dance for me over the last six months of wanting to be better and move fast and also just sitting still in the suck, feeling the heartbreak, feeling the sadness, feeling the rage and the anger and giving myself the permission to be fully in it. And it was hard, <laughs> really hard. What I'm really finding interesting about this transformation, this journey you're on, is that often when we decide we want to change something, we focus on a specific outcome. So it's almost like something we want to have. What I'm hearing from what you're explaining here is you, your transformation, your focus more was more about who you wanted to be, like you talked about wanting to find more peace and wanting to find more love. And then basing your journey around an archetype, like this notion of what this king would might be like. So it feels like the focus is more from like doing to to being. That's such an interesting concept because often we're chasing external things. But it sounds like what you're describing here is more of a like an internal transformation where 
you're actually becoming a different human. You're embracing different parts of yourself. You're feeling different things. So I'd, I'd love to know, why did you choose to go down the being route as opposed to trying to fix external stuff? That is such a good question, Georgina. And I think that's something that we, that we just don't talk about. Most people think about purpose as this thing you want to do in the world. I think purpose is who you are because think about this, like, and I, and I'll say this, like my life has grown exponentially this year. I have nine businesses now. I started out with two earlier. I'm happier. I'm in better shape than I've ever been. Like there's been a lot of amazing things that have come from this year. And I don't think it's because of everything I've done. What I've done is I've raised the quality of, of love in myself, which has allowed me to show up with more boldness, more courage, more excitement, more energy, more, more authenticity, which has created more opportunity in my life. And I think that when you, when you start to think about like, we're not human doings, we're human beings. And I keep saying that back and, back and forth. Most people don't even realize the incredible impact they have by just being alive. And let's talk about my journey. Like the way I even started my first company, my mentor, Jerry Markowitz, died of a heart attack three months before his retirement date. Him dying in that moment created a lifetime of journeying for me. I'm not saying Jerry's death was there to inspire life in me. I'm sure Jerry inspired a lot of people in his life. But you never know the impact you're having on someone else by just being. You don't know the ripple you are. You cannot know the ripple you are. One of the biggest lessons I had when I went home after my grandmother died, you know, I went home and I was around my parents and I hadn't really gone home in, in a few years, like, like spent more than, you know, a weekend at home. Mm-hmm. And, you know, my dad was going through a tough time. Like my family was going through a tough time and I could see them like just being brought to their knees and just the house was messy. Like there was just a lot, like you could feel the defeated energy. I spent a month at home just being myself, nothing more, nothing less. I didn't do anything on paper. I could have been like, oh, I cleaned the house. I, I, I could tabble all the things I did. All I did was show up and the quality of their lives improved. That's such a beautiful distinction. Just, just think about that for a second. How many times have you just shown up somewhere and by you being fully who you are, the quality of the room changes? Yeah. Like sometimes you'll say something that makes someone laugh and then that thing that that laughter carries with them into the way that they speak to someone else. And then that person then goes and changes the world. Like you don't know the impact you have by just who you are. So when you think about the journey of personal development and growth and goals, like it makes perfect sense to not, it's not about the external thing. It's about becoming the highest version of yourself. And that was the shift that happened for me this year. It wasn't about like, I, I, I went from having, and I've always had visions for my life, not necessarily goals. Like, what is the vision that I have for my life? What does my life feel like? Who do I have to be in order for that life to exist? Mm-hmm. And the archetypes and the rite of passage, like that model of growth fit really well with that line of thinking. Like, if I become, if I go through this process of healing and becoming the purest version of myself, my vision will actualize. I will inherently have more because I am becoming the person that is capable of experiencing all that. Most people want to change their lives and they think it's about doing more. No, 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 no. Like you can't solve a problem with the same consciousness that created it. Let's say relationships. Great. Like 
and this is a blessing in disguise. Like, and, and my relationship was perfect the way it was. Like, I wouldn't want anything else about it. And I'm choosing to call in something different for my life now. That's the reason why we broke up, right? If I wouldn't have done, if I wouldn't have devoted to actually looking at myself and be like, okay, like, you know, where am I falling short in relationships? Where am I sourcing needs? Like, where are my needs coming from? What place of me is from a place of lack? What am I seeking externally from women that I can't give myself internally? If I wouldn't have started asking myself those questions, I probably would have gotten in the same relationship over again with someone else. You will. And it's the same thing. Like it's the same job. If like you leave a job that you don't like, but you don't actually take the moment to raise the frequency of who you are as a human being, build Mm -hmm. yourself differently, work on yourself, make your resume different. If you go to another job with the same resume, you're going to get the same job. It doesn't matter. Same company. If you go to a different company with the same resume, you're going to get a similar job. So you have to raise your resume. Like you have to do that. And I think that's the piece that I, I've embodied more this year. If I want to have richer relationships in my life, what do I have to change in myself? I have to learn. I have, there's a lot of things I have to heal. And you know, my, for me, some of the most powerful practices of healing came from a lot of shadow work. So shadow work and mirror work are very similar. We opened up the concept of mirror work back in, you know, in the last episode, but really leaning into that. Now that I was single, I was, I was meeting women and I was, you know, I was, I had some success and so, with some women and then I was getting rejected by others. The rejection stung. Great. What does the rejection say about me? Why? It's asking those questions and being curious in those experiences. Or when my grandmother died and I had to go home and I had to be around my parents and I was getting triggered at home because the best place to go test how far you've come on your spiritual journey, on your healing journey is to go home. Yeah. Because most of us inherit all of our trauma, all of our beliefs, all of our pain from our parents, right? Like the love that we did or wished we would have gotten, you know, I'll caveat this. Parents are always doing their best. I will always say like your parents are always doing your best, but they're human beings. And so like a lot of times, like it it isn't even about like, you, like I love my family and there's a lot of unmet needs that I didn't have as a child that I realized later on that only I could have given myself. Like that's the journey of self-love. It's actually realizing that all those things I needed outside of me, money, success, power, love from a family member, love from a significant other. I'm actually just trying to feel all of that love in my body. Like it's my love that I'm trying to feel more of. I think that's what's so beautiful about this journey is because often when we're trying to change our lives and we're looking outside ourselves, we forget that it's the internal work, but this is also the harder work because it comes back to a place of feeling you deserve the things you desire. You're worthy of it. You love yourself enough to go after those things and to to put yourself in the situations where things can open up for you. So I'd, I'd love you to talk a little bit as well about how has the last six months really transformed the way you feel about yourself? Wow. So the journey of Prince to King, and the reason why it was such a powerful metaphor for me, for my journey, the Prince seeks all of his validation from the external world. He needs so what, the love what does of that his... like in practice? How, how would someone know if they were... For example, the, the prince would need fame in order to feel validated. The prince would need money in the bank in order to feel secure. The prince would need constant attention from his lover in order to feel wanted and desired. 
you see, I can go on and on and on, but it's all about, hey, there's something outside of me that will make me feel, that will fill the void that I'm feeling in my body right now. And I don't want to feel that void. So if I feel this void, I will retreat to something else to fill that void. And it could be alcohol. It could be, it could be anything, but like, but the king in his purest perfection has all of that sourced from within him. He does not need anything external because all of his power and all of his love and all of his sense of self is sourced from within him, the infinite ocean of love that exists inside. And that was my healing journey. I was like, where, are, where am I sourcing my power from outside of me? Does being with women help me feel important? Okay, well, why? What, what parts of my... And inner child work has been massive for me, right? Because like, all of these beliefs, all of these needs, these voids were created when we were children. And they're not even created by trauma in a lot of ways. Like They could be easily created by like, Georgina, like if you were my mom and I came up to you and I was like, mom, I want, I want to hug you. I want to play with you. And you were just on the phone and you're just like, not right now, not right now. A child in his purest, most naive state will take that as, because he, all he knows, he doesn't have a prefrontal cortex yet. He just has this crocodile brain that's running on fear because that's what the amygdala does. The amygdala is running on fear. In the subconscious, which is 97% of your processing power, let's just put that, that's what's creating this right now. What I'm going to say is, why doesn't mom want to talk to me? And if it's a fear-driven idea, it's, oh, mom must not love me. I must need to go find my love somewhere else. I must need to be, and I must need to go show my worth and be more worthy. I must, I must go win awards. I must get the best grades in school. And I must go do all these things to get mom's love even though mom loves the shit out of me. <laughs> she was just on the phone. She was just on the phone. If I would have seen that same story from my lens right now, yeah. I would have been like, oh, mom was just on the phone. But from my childhood space, I had that feeling. But here's the thing. We're carrying those beliefs with us our entire lives. They're stored in our body as, yeah. as, as loops that haven't been resolved. And so until we can actually learn to be with what hasn't been resolved and feel it fully. I mean, feel the prickliness of all that. Be present, which is why present moment awareness was one of my biggest teachers this year. Life is always giving us the perfect cocktail of crisis to unearth the next layer of truth within yourself. And if you use life as that beautiful teacher and you just be present inside of whatever's happening. You don't run to an external thing like alcohol or women or work or even gym, like going to the gym to like, if you actually learn to be with what is, you give yourself the biggest gift because you, you, you allow your body the privilege of processing what it needs to process in the way that it needs to process. It's not an intellectual thing, right? Like you can learn the lesson intellectually, but until you feel it in your body, you're not actually healing. Is this sometimes why then like on a, a day you might wake up and for no reason you feel just weird or odd because there's some like some kind of residue emotion wanting to be released? Is this what you mean? So then if you're present. Well, yeah, and, and there's and, and I don't get me wrong, like personal development is broken into the mind, the body, and the spirit and the heart for me, right? So to reiterate, the mind is like your beliefs, your mindset, like your like your beliefs about the world and then the lens that you're seeing the world through. So like if you have a limited mindset around money, you will act in a way that, so the mind is one of the parts of you that has to improve, right? And then there's the heart, which I think are your emotions. 
and your feelings and, and, and returning back to that state. It's like, it's like, what's what you're, what you're truly feeling. So that's like the embodiment work. It's dowsing all of your prickly feelings with love. Can you be patient? Can you forgive? Can you be compassionate? Like that to me is, is your, is your heart. And that, that's really where for me, I had the most growth edge because like, you know, if you think about, you know, I, I believe one of the biggest things I've really been leaning into is the, the power of the masculine and the feminine inside of all of us. So like, even though I'm a man, I have masculine energy and feminine energy, which is the yin and the yang. Traditionally, most men have suppressed their feminine energy, which is that love piece, that love piece, that, 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 that sense of the, the feeling states, which is really a lot of the, the emotional side, which is why I think most men are emotionally guarded. I was also emotionally guarded. So me being open to feeling and jumping into the, like I had a lot of heart work to do. I'd done a lot of mindset work. God was my mind sharp. God, did I know I could do anything in the world? But my heart space was, 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 was I hadn't felt, allowed myself to feel rejection, abandonment, feel failure, feel unworthiness, incompetence, feel jealousy, anxiety, feel the not being enough. Like I hadn't ever allowed myself there. And so that was a huge, and I had to learn. And that's where self-love was such a massive piece. Like, Why do you think it's, because I think you're not alone here, like in terms of all those challenging emotions you've just described there, I mean, I for sure also would resist feeling those. And I'm sure I'm not the only one. So why is it so important that we're able to feel that? And how does that help you grow? And and why I'm not saying you want to feel that way all the time. Right? I think that's the fear. People think that feeling something is going to mean it's going to like stick on them like a, like a, that's going to be stuck to them. If they feel this prickly emotion, they're going to be like that forever. My mom's like that. My mom chooses to be happy all the time because she's like, I don't want to feel those other ones because I'm going to be sad and then I'm going to be sad forever. That's not how it works. Emotions are energy in motion. So like when you have these feelings, you feel them and then you're, it's like a storm. Like after every storm, there are weeks of sunshine. But if you don't allow the storm to actually be a storm, you can never get to the sunshine. It's always going to be residue and then it builds up. And so I, I think it's important to learn, to, and that's why present moment works. Like life will give you opportunities to feel if you're not actively feeling on your own. You know, I look at my dad, like my dad really wasn't in that space until we had these deaths in the family. That's what allowed him to start feeling. And it started that journey for him. And, and I'm so proud of who he is as a human being. Like I, I cannot tell you how proud I am to be his son, just to watch him go through that process of feeling and healing, right? So that's the, we have the mind, the, bo- the, the heart, and then you have the body, which is your actual physical body, which is like eating right, diet. You know, that's a whole level of personal development that's pushed and talked about, right? It's turning yourself into something that can actually be a conduit for intuition and, right. and guidance and like, and, and knowledge. And then there's spirit, which is like your life force. You're like, you're, you're like who you are at your core, just like your soul expressed and like it's your intuition you're knowing like this ancestral memory that just lives in our bodies and like it's that connection like to me healing there's those four elements we're all out of balance somewhere (laughs) in those elements and i think this year has been nothing but i don't remember how we got on this conversation how we got to this topic but i had to work on each element in order to step into the fullness of the king and that's why i think that that idea of like a hero image is so important. You're not just trying to get there in your mind. You're not just trying to get there with your spirit. You're trying to get there. You're trying to be one integrated being. Right. 
a lot of people I think do spiritual bypassing. They'll start going to medicine journeys and they'll start going down these retreats and they'll go down this path without actually bringing the body along for the ride. Yeah. It's like, kind of important, I guess. Right. Like it's, 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 you have to befriend before you transcend, which is why the heart piece, the right. feeling piece, the being in your body and going inward is so important, just as important as externally going outward for answers and, and knowledge and creation. You know, that was the journey. It's like, how do I source my power from within? That is the power of self-love. Like, how do I do that? How do I begin to feel so complete within myself that I don't need anything or anyone outside of me to help me feel a baseline level of peace? Do I want someone in my life to help me grow and be happier? Sure, but I'm the only one that can make me happy. Someone else can make me happier. I'm the only one that can feel worthy by myself. And changing that, that belief, changing that belief altogether, like that is... That is, that is the truth. And I think we can all be on that journey. I think we can all be on that journey if we choose to be, because that's one of the biggest lessons that I took away this year. This was a hard year. This was a very hard year with a lot of tumultuousness. And one of the things I'm most proud of myself for is choosing to use it as a way for me to step into the fullness of who I am. And I think we all get to make those choices. Becoming a king, a queen, goddess, whatever you, God, whatever you want to call it, becoming that for yourself is the biggest gift you can give the world. Because on the journey to healing, on the journey to becoming that version of you, that's when you unlock true love. Like you're operating from that space of wholeness. You're not operating from anything external because fear believes in separation fear believes that that there's something outside of you that you need in order for you to experience a certain level of fulfillment in your life and i'm here to tell you that's not true that's not true you have everything you need inside of you and going down this process for me has been one of the biggest gifts that i've given the people in my life i get to show up with more love i get to show up with more compassion I get to show up without any expectations, which has been also another big thing, letting go of expectations, living without expectations, not trying to make something fit an agenda, learning to trust that the universe is giving me exactly what I need in every moment. And if I feel like it's not, that's not the universe's fault. That's something I get to heal. That's something I get to look at in myself because everything is in perfection in every moment. Everything is unfolding exactly as it's supposed to. Everything is happening for a reason. We may not be able to see that reason in every moment because there's multiple people playing this game. There's millions of people that are driving down the same streets all in parallel with one another. Some people are hitting green lights. Some people are hitting red lights because if everybody had green lights all the time, there'd be chaos and accidents. And so when you start to look at the grander picture, truly life and the universe will give you the perfect crisis, the perfect level of opportunity for you to look at where are the parts of me that wishes things were different? Where are the parts of me that wishes there were more? Where are the parts of me that wishes I was more? And it's asking you to heal it. It's asking you to be present with those emotions. It's asking you to be with what is because there is something so much bigger for your life that if you don't actually learn 
to step into the fullness of who you are. Like you need to raise and be the fullness of who you are to experience the true joy that the universe actually wants to give you. What you're experiencing right now is nothing compared to the brilliance that can come when you choose to heal. And that's why I think this year, even if it was a, a gap year for me in some ways, in a lot of ways, like I don't think I'll ever do this much spiritual personal development work <laughs> as I did this year. Every year, I just don't think it's feasible. I mean, I was going to retreats. I was, I was so present. I was journaling pages per day, meditating so much. I was doing so much, so much, so much. I was in it fully. And I don't think I, I, don't think I need to do that to that level again. Like I think I completed a chapter of my life and that feels really good. There's something really powerful about, like I feel like I completed a rite of passage. Like I feel like a king. And that to me is a choice too. I think you get to decide when you want to step up into the fullness of your king or queen. You get to choose. And life is going to give you opportunities to fight and choose and be the fullness of who you are. So don't shy back. Lean in and grab, grab the universe by its horns and just ride it and trust that you have everything you need. There's nothing you can't feel or heal your way through. Wow. Even the energy of where I'm at now versus where I was in January, if you guys want to go feel the difference. It is definitely different. And I think what's so beautiful about your journey is that the destination, I say that in inverted commas, because of course there is no true destination, but you've been guided by a vision of who you want to be like and knowing that you can be come more there's always more we can step into but in the process recognizing that where you are right now is perfect there's no lack there's just always potential to continually evolve and it's not chasing things it's chasing chasing you like you've been finding you've been finding you in amongst everything trusting in the universe to give you exactly what you require which which is and that in itself takes a lot of faith and resilience because Often we don't like the timeline, the timescale that things show up. We want things in a particular way at a particular time. And I'm sure you said this before, this idea that the hardest thing in the moment feels really terrible and difficult. But when you expand the timeline and look back, these things can be real gifts that enable you to evolve into the next version of who you came here to be. And I, and I want everyone listening to be really proud of yourself. You outlasted one hell of a year who you became, not what you've done. Mm -hmm. Just really feel into that. Who did you become by outlasting this year? Not even outsmarting, not like, who did you become? Like take inventory. What experiences allowed you to become this? Did those experiences feel good in the moment? Probably not. But do you love who you've become? Probably. There's a gift. And being able to recognize the journey of being, the journey of unbecoming, the journey of becoming, there's an absolute gift in embracing that and knowing that that is the North Star. If all you did in your life was heal all the things that made you feel like you weren't enough, you lived a really good life because the people you impact by you believing that in yourself will leave ripples that will change the world. Like you loving somebody because that's how much you love yourself 
will change the world. Like you are the ripple. Don't forget that. And your ripples matter. You are worth investing and you are worth healing. You are worth doing this work. You are worth stepping into the fullness. You're worth going after that goal, that dream, that business. You're worth fighting against something like COVID. You're worth standing up for what you believe in. You're worth all of it because who you are, you're worthy just for being alive. Your life has purpose. And it's so impossible to to calculate the impact that you can have. Like most people think impact is like, oh, I've fed this many people or I've done this much or I've donated this much. No, impact is a felt experience. You have no idea who you're impacting by just being alive. You just don't and you never will. And the only thing that stops you from believing you're already enough that you've already impacted so many lives is that shitty little voice in your mind that isn't even based in anything true. Because the truth is that you are a beacon of love. That is the truth. That has been the biggest truth on my journey back to myself. Biggest truth that I have been able to realize is that I am an ocean of love. And anything that stops me from believing that is a lie. It's a lie that I get to heal with my ocean of love. Because fear, fear was created by the mind to protect you in an age where you didn't even, you, you, you didn't know how to protect yourself. And those fears were valid at the time. They probably served you really well too. They probably made you successful. My fear certainly made me successful. Yeah. My fear certainly fit a script for a certain part of my life. Mm-hmm. And my fears have outdated themselves. And you get to choose when you get to choose when you want to rewrite the script. That's a choice. And I think that's a beautiful thing as well. From what you've been describing about your journey of being is that the being piece is, is always under your control. That you always you always have influence there. Whereas sometimes the doing things and the having things sometimes we're relying on external stuff to shift or to move or, or to change. But being, you have that totally under in your hands, which makes it such a powerful. And, then, and as you've just described, when you be, the more you be your full self, everything else opens up as a result of that. Yeah, being your full self, you show up differently. Yeah. You show up with more love, more power, more knowing, more confidence. All of that leads to a more fulfilling life. Mm-hmm. And that's the biggest gift you can give yourself. It's not easy. I'm never going to say this journey is easy. It's uncomfortable. It requires a lot of courage. It's not for the faint of heart. It's a lot of forces you to look at parts of you that you just would rather be naive about. But that's the beautiful thing about the truth. The truth is still the kindest thing that you can do for yourself and the people you love. Embodying the truth is the kindest thing you can give the world because that's what truly, that, that's, that's what truly ends the lie that we're all separate, that we're not all made of flesh and bones, that we're not all just seeking love and connection and community. All of the, the division and the separate, like, no, we're all, we're all sourced and made from the same stuff and we all crave the same needs. When we start to truly give ourselves that, when we feel that in our bodies, instead of being in our heads about it, which is fear, being in your mind on default is fear. Being in your heart is love. So when you can return to your heart 
And you can allow yourself to give yourself the love that, and feel the love. Because even, this is something I realized just in relationship, but heartbreak, it sucks. It, it stings. It's so painful. But when you realize that the love that you received from another was actually felt inside of yourself, all someone else did was help you open up to more love within you. They opened up your capacity to experience love. They were just a trigger. They were just a trigger. And when they left, you're feeling the void. But that's because you have more love to, you can house more love. And in those moments, you get to give yourself the love that you actually craved, that you're feeling in yourself. That is the biggest gift. And I'm so grateful for Vinny. And I'm so grateful for all of the experiences in my life that have allowed me to access deeper levels of love within me. Because all it's done is it's allowed me to love even bigger, even more, and show up for my communities, for my companies, for my teams, for my, just for the, for the world around me and for myself with more love. And love is an infinite supply. Love is love is infinite. And I think we all get to give ourselves that gift. And if that's one thing you took away from this year, that no matter what happens around you, you've got you. And sometimes you are the medicine you've been craving all along. And it takes crisis and shitty situations for you to get to a point where you can actually appreciate that fact. And that's beautiful that the answers, everything you're looking for is already in your hands. You just have to remember and discover it. I love that about the fact that you are your own medicine. That's, that's such a powerful that's a powerful metaphor to take away from this. So as someone who's sat listening to this now and they're like, yeah, what would, be the, what would be the first thing you'd encourage them to do on their healing journey? The first thing I would do on your healing journey is get very honest with yourself. Break down your life into you know, different categories. Mm-hmm. Yourself, you know, your, your wealth, your impact, your relationships. You know, and you can break them out even further into family, romantic, friendship you know, wealth, you can break it down even more and just get honest with it. Grade yourself. How are you doing? No one else has to see those scores. No one else has to see those scores. You get to see those scores. And then you get to, from there, be like, wow, okay, I'm actually really dropping the ball here. And you get to start that journey of healing. Either showing up more and becoming. I love that. So you can create your own trigger. You can create the trigger for the healing. You don't need to wait for heartbreak or something else. You don't have to. You don't have to. And I'm a big fan of seeking growth in my life. And I'm also smart enough now, because I wasn't smart enough before, I'm smart enough now to pay attention to life when it's giving me something to pay attention to. Mm -hmm. So don't spiritually bypass an experience. Like if you're going through something tough, be with it. Don't say, oh, I'll deal with this later. I'm going to go work on my business now. No, focus on what's true. Like if your marriage is failing, if your life is crumbling, don't be with that. Be with the truth that you probably aren't showing up in a way that allows that to change. Or maybe there's something that there's a conversation that's not being had, like don't run from the truth. And that's why I think first thing, just take inventory. It's a great place to start. Amazing. That's a great, great way to finish with a start point for everyone else. So thanks for, thanks for showing that. And I love you guys. Thank you for being a part of this year. Thank you, Georgina, for facilitating such a wonderful conversation. I hope this episode was helpful. We don't know what's coming in 2021 and that's okay. Because at the end of the day, no matter what comes, 
you are going to be better for it. Like you, it's not about what you do. It's about who you become and unbecome and just who you are. But anybody, that is a wrap for this week's episode of Stay Grounded. I'm your host, Raj. This is your friend, Georgina, from us. Have a safe and happy New Year's and stay grounded. We'll chat soon. Thanks for joining us today on this episode of Stay Grounded. I hope you found this interview helpful as you create your own ways to live an extraordinary life. For more resources and support, please visit www.rajjana.com forward slash stay grounded to join the official Stay Grounded Facebook group, a place where aspiring life enthusiasts can connect and ignite passion for life together. My hope is that the positivity, content, resources, and support in this group will resonate with you on a deeper level. That what you hear in our podcast, read in our thoughtful posts, or learn in our courses will empower you to live with intention, uncover true purpose, and challenge the internal dialogues that stop you from being who you really want to be in your life. Again, thanks so much for joining us. Stay grounded.